from Bakery Business Academy. Welcome to the Kitchen Notes podcast, a show for bakers and food entrepreneurs who want to build profitable bakery businesses that make an impact in their communities. We're your hosts, Meg and Molly Svek. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Kitchen Notes. My name is Meg. I am your host. And today we are taking a listener question. It's been a while since we had a listener question episode, so I'm excited to get back into this and um, take some of your questions. So if you ever have a question that you want to submit, I would love that. I um, It's sometimes hard to think of new ideas of what you guys want to hear on the podcast, so it's always helpful when someone sends in a question so that um, I know I'm talking about something you care about. Uh, You can always email me or hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Um, But yeah, send me an email and I'm happy to take your questions. Cool. So uh, let's get into the question for today on one of my favorite topics, money. Um, You guys know I love to talk about money on here and uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, we do this because we love it and we love to create and bake and share with our customers. But really, most of us who are, uh, you know, running a bakery and trying to do this as a business, you know, it is important that we make money and it's important that we're able to pay ourselves. And if you have a team, it's important that you're able to pay your team. And if you want to grow your business, I know a lot of folks are wanting to open storefronts or get into the farmer's market or grow into wholesale or get your stuff into the grocery store. So if that is a goal of yours, it's important to be cognizant and paying attention to the money. Um, So I love talking about money and hearing from you guys about what's going well for you, what you're struggling with, and that is where the listener question comes in today. So this question comes to us from one of my students who um, lives in uh, on the East Coast, and she has a shop, a small shop. Um, she has a couple of employees, but she is only open part-time because she also has um, kiddos and helps take care of her aging parents. Um So she's got sort of an unconventional business setup. And her question is, in short, I'll just read it out. Why am I not making any money? Should I raise my prices? Um, So a a simple, seemingly simple short question. But I want to talk about a few different things that go into play when you're thinking about whether or not it's time to raise your prices and pulling the levers to make adjustments when you know you're not making enough money. So typically when I work with students and this type of question comes up and they say they're not making enough money, um, it's more of a gut feel rather than a data-based, you know, a data, a, a, a statement rooted in in an analysis of your financial data. I know a lot of us put off taking a look at the numbers, taking a look at the money stuff. It's one of the things that inevitably gets pushed to the back of the line when you have to worry about production and marketing and 
customer service and making sure your team is taken care of and that your equipment is operational and just keeping up with the day-to-day, it's really easy to push the um, financial stuff and the bookkeeping work and the maintenance that goes into making sure your finances are in good order often gets pushed to the back burner. Another aspect is just avoidance. A lot of us who are more on the creative brain and creative side of things, you may not feel as confident in looking at the money. So this is something we talk about a lot with um, our students and in our membership that it just, it's something that gets avoided because you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. So if that describes you, first of all, don't feel bad. Um, This is not something that you necessarily would ever know unless you have a business background or you've worked in accounting or finance or maybe you took a class in college or in high school, whatever. But this isn't something that all of us come to knowing. I certainly didn't despite having, you know, a college degree and feeling like I, you know, had a basic understanding of how to deal with my own personal finances. When you get into business and especially hospitality and food, it's a whole different ballgame. And there's um, there's no playbook for this necessarily. A lot of it is acquired knowledge that you learn over the years of doing it. Maybe you find yourself working with a really great bookkeeper or really great accountant or SCORE, which is another great resource that has a lot of free and low-cost classes for small business owners in this realm. But if you don't yet know this or don't yet have strong systems in place, don't feel bad. The first signal, this flag of like, I'm not making enough money, what's going on here, can be that impetus for making the change. So if you're in this boat, you feel like you're not making enough money, often it's tempting for that first lever you want to pull is my stuff isn't priced properly, my stuff is too cheap, or I'm not charging what I should be charging. And oftentimes, yes, that is the case, but not always. And I want to talk about some of the aspects of pricing or um, business finance that that you should be thinking through if you are in this boat and feeling like you're not making enough money. So let's talk about it. First, I have kind of like five things I jotted down here, and I'll just go down the list and sort of talk through each of them. Um, The first item on the list is you got to know your costs. So if you're saying to yourself, I'm not making any money, I feel like I need to raise my prices, something's not going well here, I'm struggling to pay the bills, I'm struggling to pay my employees, I'm not able to pay myself, number one, you need to know your costs and you need to monitor them regularly. So there are three main cost categories I want to talk about. Number one are your overhead costs. These are the costs that you need to pay regardless if you are selling your stuff or not. This is things like your rent. Like you're going to have to pay your rent whether your doors are open or whether you're not open yet. So a lot of times when people are first starting, business is slow or maybe you're doing a build out or maybe you're not ready to open yet or you can only open a few days a week because you don't have a full staff yet, what have you. But that doesn't change your overhead costs. It doesn't change your rent. It doesn't change the fact that you've got an electrical bill that you have to pay every month, your gas bill. Maybe you've got equipment loans. Maybe you've got um, 
you know, marketing costs that you're paying or um, subscription services for your POS system, your point of sale system, or your email marketing system, any kind of fixed costs that you have to pay every single month, regardless of how much volume you do, those are often lumped into this category called overhead costs. So number one, I want you to list out all of your overhead costs, have it in a spreadsheet or wherever you're going to keep it, but you need to know that baseline number of this is how much money I need to keep the lights on and to keep my business in operation. Another, the second category you need to know is your labor costs. So if you're a really small business and you're still by yourself, this is the number of, you know, what you're paying yourself in salary. And at the beginning, it's probably really low. Um, Maybe it's not very much, but it's something and you can build on that. If you have a team, you need to know how much money you are paying your team every month and how much they're relying on you for uh, or how much they, yeah, how much, you know, how much of your um, revenue is going to need to go toward your labor costs. So maybe you have a couple part-time employees, maybe you have a full-time employee, whatever it is, you should have it listed out. Here's how much this person makes. If it's hourly, what's their hourly wage? How many hours a week do you have them scheduled for? What does that translate to in terms of a monthly salary? Um, If it's a salaried employee, what is the salary that you're paying them? How many hours are they working for you? If you're doing anything like benefits or paying um, anything else for these folks, make sure that you have that listed too and take into account whatever you're going to have to pay in employment taxes, if that is a concern in your area, um, which for most of us it is. So number one, list out your overhead costs. Number two, list out your labor costs. Those are kind of like non-negotiables. You're going to have to pay them no matter what. Then you get into your product costs. What does it cost you to produce your product in you know, materials. So this is your ingredients and supplies. It's your flour, your butter, oil, sprinkles, you know, flavorings, chocolate, any produce, anything you need to produce your baked goods is an ingredient or a supply like the box you're packaging it in, deli paper that you use to grab a muffin off the paper, off the tray, um, stickers. If you're putting labels on things, these are all items that go into producing your product. So you need to know your costs, know your overhead costs. What does it cost you to keep the lights on? Know your labor costs. What are you paying yourself or your employees? And know how much it co- uh, how much you're spending on producing your product for each and every item on your menu. So know your costs and monitor them regularly. If your um, recipe costs are changing, if the amount of money it costs you to produce your product is going up. So if the price of butter goes up, if the price of flour goes up, if the price of your boxes goes up, then definitely that's a flag to you that you may need to raise your prices. And we talk a lot more about this in our recipe costing course. If you're looking for more guidance on how to cost your menu items or how to know if you should be pulling that pricing lever, I definitely recommend checking out that class. Um, You can visit our website or just go to recipecostingessentials.com to sign up. It's a a 
really basic entry-level e-course. You can finish it in a couple hours in an afternoon and get started on costing your recipes. Um, and I want to say that class is like 37 bucks or something. It is not expensive. It might be 27. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will put a link to it in the show notes. So if your recipe costs are changing, definitely that's a clue to raise your prices. But if you're looking at your invoices coming in every month and things are pretty stable, and if you're costing your recipes on a regular basis, I usually recommend at least reviewing those costs quarterly. If you're reviewing those on a regular basis and they look pretty okay and you're within the range that you should be, then probably it's not a pricing issue. It may be a revenue issue. It may be an issue with you're not making enough sales to cover those other costs. So how do you know that? So my second tip or, you know, as you're investigating this for yourself, you need to be reviewing your profit and loss statement every month. I know I kind of beat a dead horse on this on the podcast a lot, and we've talked about this a lot on this episode. Um, definitely go listen to the episode with Dahlia Fritz if you're looking for more info on that, or there's a bunch of podcasts I'll link in the show notes, all related to reviewing your profit and loss statement and what you should be looking at. But make sure you're looking at that every month and make sure you are especially taking a look at what percentage of your revenue is going toward those four main cost categories. How much of your revenue is going toward paying your employees and your labor budget? How much of your revenue is going toward paying your overhead costs? How much of your revenue percentage-wise is going toward covering your ingredients and supplies? And how much, if any, is left over as profit? So make sure you're taking a look at that profit and loss statement every month because that is going to give you some incredible insight into where your money is actually going and whether you are overspending in a certain category or if it's a pricing issue or if it's just an issue of we're doing okay on pricing, we're doing okay on costs, we just need to grow our revenue here. We just need to do better marketing, do more sales somehow. Um, So make sure you're looking at that profit and loss statement every single month. My third tip, and I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's something I talk about in our finance fundamentals e-course and we talk a lot about with our members, but I want you to make sure you know your bare minimum number. This is like the number that if you don't make a dime over it, you will still be able to cover your overhead and labor costs. And as long as you're making sure your products are priced correctly, you should at least be able to break even if you're hitting this bare minimum number. I remember when COVID first started and, you know, sort of the uh, stuff hit the fan, so to speak, and we had to close our door immediately overnight with like basically no warning. And obviously Molly and I were like, uh oh, like this is this is gonna be a problem. I don't know how this is gonna work out. But that night, I remember thinking to myself, I need to at least know what is the bare minimum we need to sell in order to keep the lights on and not lose the business. So I knew that number in my mind, and I had it written down in a in a note on my laptop, and I just watched the sales number every day, and I knew as long as we could keep our costs consistent and try to keep 
any extraneous spending as low as possible. As long as we hit this bare minimum number, I knew the rent was covered. I knew the utilities were covered. I knew our vendors were going to get paid. I knew our employees were going to get paid. And then we could just crank on marketing, trimming down our menu and, and keeping things level. So I think it's important for all of us to know our bare minimum number. Still, I keep track of this every single month. I know here's the number we need to hit for us to cover the bills. Here's the number we need to hit if we want to feel comfortable. And then I have kind of a pie in the sky reach goal of like, I would love to hit this number every month. If we do, we can really work on repaying business debt. Molly and I can take a little bonus owner draw. Perhaps we can look at purchasing new equipment or doing more new product development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, growing the business. So you need to know your bare minimum number. If you can also set a threshold for yourself for like a good, better, best goal, that's something that can be motivating as well. So know what those numbers are and be constantly trying to keep those in mind and have those in kind of in the back of your head as a goal. Um, another tip, if you are looking around saying, is it time to increase my prices? Maybe your recipes are costed just fine. Maybe your P&L does look just fine, but you still are f- having this sense that my prices are just too low. What could be kind of things that are flagging that for you? Make sure you're keeping track of demand and sales volume. Are you selling out all the time or are you wasting a lot of product on the other hand? Um, I have a student who she is, uh, she came to our, our weekly coaching session a couple weeks ago and she was saying, you know, I sold out at the farmer's market in like 45 minutes last week, but I brought a ton of product. She's like killing herself making all this product. She works alone, but She gets to the farmer's market and it's like gone in a second. And so that might be a sign that the market can or your customers can tolerate a little bit of a price increase. If they are like knocking down the door to get your product and you can't keep it in stock, that's a supply and demand issue, right? So that could be a time for you to pull that pricing lever and increase your prices if you just can't keep stuff in stock. Um, So consider that. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is just listening to your customers and conducting research. I'm not a huge, I'm in general, if you've taken my pricing course or my finance fundamentals course, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like comparison shopping in general for, you know, what's Sally down the street charging for a custom cake? What's Betty doing for her decorated sugar cookies? I'm not generally a fan of of that because, you know, I think a lot of small business owners don't have their stuff priced properly. So if you're comparing yourself to someone who's undercutting themselves or who's not making any money, you might not know they're not making any money, but you're tempted to price yourself the same way because that's what they're charging and you perceive that to be working for them. So in general, I'm not a big fan of comparison shopping. However, it can be a useful piece of information to at least have if you're having this conversation with yourself, um, if you're also looking at this other data that we're talking about. So definitely cost your own recipes. Definitely have an understanding of your own financial landscape and be reviewing your profit and loss statement. Know your bare minimum numbers, know your sales numbers, know how much your customers are spending and have an understanding of supply and demand 
And in addition to that, if you want to look around and say, what is so-and-so charging for this? How much, you know, how much are they getting for a pie, a cake of, of similar quality and, um, and complexity or of similar quality and you know their business is similar enough to yours to make that comparison, it can be a useful data point to have in addition. Also, just listening to your customers. Do you get a lot of people who complain that your prices are too high or do you have people telling you, wow, this is great value. I can't believe how inexpensive this is. How do you afford to sell it for so little? Or do you have people constantly telling you this is out of my price range? Are you wasting a lot of product because you feel like your stuff is too expensive? Um, That can also be a flag that maybe you're not in the right area. Maybe you need to be selling at a different market or um, reaching a different type of customer if you're trying to sell a more premium product in, uh, in an area that can't tolerate that type of pricing. So there's a lot to unpack here. I don't, I don't want to uh, overwhelm you, but hopefully this gave you some ideas to start thinking about. If you're starting to question yourself, is my pricing an issue? You feel like you're not making enough money or you feel like you're barely making ends meet every month. Um, you need to kind of be asking yourself these questions and thinking through, is this actually a pricing issue that I'm having or is it a revenue issue? Either, either your revenue needs to rise in order to cover your costs or your prices need to rise uh, or both. Um, but if your prices are on point, then sometimes it's more appropriate to look at increasing your revenue as, as the lever you should be working on pulling. So I hope this was helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, I would love to hear from you. Um, otherwise, we'll see you next time. Have- Thanks for listening to this episode of Kitchen Notes. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so that you can listen in again next week. And if you appreciated the show, jump over to iTunes and give us a rating or review. It really helps make it possible for us to continue sharing helpful bakery content with you all. And for more information about starting and running a profitable bakery business, visit bakerybusinessacademy.com. Talk to you next week.